Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. Well, I am your running host, Dean Thompson. It is 2024, and there is no better way to get off to a good start than to talk running and faith. This week, we'll talk about our go-to situations. It's like that that play the coach calls in that crucial moment of the game when, you know, that one, it almost always works. Now, then I'm going to share what I've learned about eagles and apply it to both our running and our faith. And joining me, as he has for almost 200 times now, is Run for God founder Mitchell Hollis. Isn't it amazing? Almost 200. Isn't We're almost there. Unbelievable. What are we going to do? We've talked about doing something for the 200th episode. I don't know. If we're going to do something special, we better do it in a hurry. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> it's a couple of weeks away. So, uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah. Merry Christmas. We're through all the hustle and bustle. and Yeah. Um, but it was good. How was yep. your Christmas? Yep. Your Christmas tree was probably put up uh, the actually, afternoon it's of not. Christmas. Actually, no. Actually, I said the other day, we're just because you know we're building right now. That's right. And so, yeah. when we moved into our rental house... We didn't have room for the Christmas tree, conveniently in air quotes, <laughs> for the Christmas tree to go into storage. So we put it up Labor Day weekend, September. So you're just going to leave it up. And so we're probably going to be moving into our new house, which we're, we're downsizing from where we were. We're kind of starting to simplify things now. and um, So we'll probably be moving in late February, March, maybe. And so I told Holly the other day, I said, let's just leave it up. <laughs> I don't think she likes that idea, but there's nowhere to put it. So, uh, so yeah. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Well, it's uh, any New Year's resolutions? You know, I do. So about this time last year, we talked about I had went to the doctor and I had my cholesterol was extremely high. That's right. It was 306, which is like... If there was alarms, sounds, and everything that they sound, they would be sounding at that. So 306 was my cholesterol. I went back uh, right before Christmas, and it's down to 260, which is extremely high still. Yeah. So I made some changes. I didn't, you know, I love smoking meats and all that kind of stuff. I didn't do as much of that last year, so it got it down some. But the funny thing is, uh, my doctor asked me, as they do every time, do you have any family history of cholesterol? And I said, no, you know, no family history. Because, um, you know, I, I really want to get this down through diet and exercise. You know, I just don't – I don't want to be on medication for the rest of my life. And um, so we're talking at Christmas, and I'm talking to my mom, and I'm like, yeah, she asked me all the questions about family history. I told her we didn't have any, and she said, What? She said, I've been on cholesterol medication for 20 years. <laughs> she said, your grandfather was on cholesterol. So my whole family has cholesterol issues, and I've been telling the doctor, no, we don't have any. <laughs> so That's I guess funny. my immediate family, we don't. Uh, but I'm going to take one more stab at it. I'm going to give it six more months, try to get it down the right way. But she just, I mean, the doctor said, some people, family history, you just there's nothing you can do well, do you with know what, diet. Do you know what your ratio it. is? Good to bad cholesterol? It's, it, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it, the ratios aren't good. It's not good. No, okay. No. Okay. She said there's still quite a bit of work to do. Okay. Um, and I told her, I said, give me six more months. 
let me try to do it. You know, let me cut out even yeah. more. Maybe I have to go full on vegan. I don't know. I'm still praying about that. God's <laughs> not giving me peace about that. No, my smoker's staring at me out the window. <laughs> it's not giving me peace about it. So <laughs> I can see that. Who knows? Um, yeah. So yeah, and then I guess maybe after we get moved in, I'm said I'm, I said I'm gonna maybe look for something on the the race calendar. Yeah, put something out there. I hadn't done that in a couple of years. Uh, been Get busy with up. getting built this year, building, and I'm doing the marathon with Gay in February. That, that's right. Uh, I kind of spoke up. Yes, you did. I, it just came out. Uh, I've been there. I told Gay I would do it with her, but I'm excited for. Her. I mean, Absolutely. you saw her this weekend. She is on a roll. She is. Um, she she wasn't hard this weekend. So, so yesterday actually, I was running. And she was running the opposite direction. Right. And so, of course, I saw it was gay. So yeah. I stopped to talk to her. You could tell she didn't want to stop. She didn't want to stop. No, she <laughs> wants to keep going. She was probably doing what? She was doing 16? seven miles. She was doing, It was a seven-miler. She wasn't. It wasn't a long oh, run. Oh, it wasn't day. a long run. Yeah. yeah. I, she's probably, what, what, 16, 17? Yeah, she, right she, yeah she's done 16. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah I mean, it's, I'm going to, I mean, I, it may kill me to, yeah. to finish it with her because I just haven't ran that long in a long time. Um, but then, you know, peace, peace is still kind of my, I'm just going to carry that word into next year as well. Oh, good. Um, so yeah, what about you? Good. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I, I'm on this mission and you're going to love this. Mm-hmm. I'm on this mission to be better organized this year. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're looking at that me like, yeah, right. Whatever. New Year's resolution whatever. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. It shouldn't shouldn't have to be, um, but uh, I, I'm like I said. I'm on a mission for that. Um, and you know, running wise, I want to um, I want to get back to running three thousand miles a year. I'd mm-hmm. done that five years in a row, mm-hmm. and for the last several years, I've thought, hey, I'm not I'm not that worked up about running that much. And but I really see the benefit of it. I sure. feel I feel better when I do. And so I think I'm going to try to run 3,000 miles again this year. I may even try to run 5,000K this year. Mm. So um, we'll see how that yeah. goes. I get, you know, I've got this left side issue that, that won't go away, and I don't think it's going away. Yeah. So I'm just trying to work with it right now. Yeah. So we'll see. Cool. But it'll be fun. And we got a whole bunch of Couch to Marathon folks that will yeah. be kicking off early yeah, this year. signing right? up right and left right now. Yeah. That's exciting. Um, that's – yeah, I mean, that's it. that. That's a big ask, and you know we've been doing this our what our third year now, third year. Um, it blows me away at the number of people who sign up who've never run before, yeah. and they just jump right into the deep end. Yeah, and I love it. I yeah. love seeing people because that's kind of the way I am. You know, if I'm going to do it, just give me the whole hog. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, the best stories—that's where they come from. It is. Yeah. If you were, if you listen to the podcast on New Year's Day, you heard the top ten stories from the past year, and and that number one story was all about somebody who did that. Now, gosh, and I'm sorry for not remembering her name—the lady that I finished the marathon with in Gulf Shores. Yes. Do you remember her name? No, you should never ask me a name. Okay, I can't remember anybody's name. I'm 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 sorry for for not remembering her name. But she posted the other day. You know, we were wondering if she would keep running. Got did, an email from her last week. What did you see her post? She ran a thousand miles. Yes, I did see that. Yes, yeah. and yep. so that was really cool to see. But she was having a problem, right? She was having a, an issue, and she was going to have to cut back for a little bit, and then she was going to get back on. I don't it. know that I saw that in her post. I, I thought Maybe that's that what I saw. Email. Uh, I may be crossing folks up, you know. That's easy to do, it, especially uh, with me with my name, my name, remembering <laughs> names. I'm so bad. I am so bad. I am too. 
And people always say, yeah, I know. I'm bad with names, too. And I'm like, you don't My understand. wife knows if we walk in somewhere and I kind of elbow her, the person we're walking up to, I can't remember their name. Yeah. And I hate that. I really yeah. hate that. My pastor, you know Charlie. I know. Charlie remembers Charlie can meet somebody 15 years ago for five seconds, and he'll remember their name. Yes. Forever. So I am I so I envious could, of people like yeah. that. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah. that was cool to see. That is. Um, she ran 1,000 miles this year. Yeah. That's awesome. All right, well, this one, uh, Facebook post from the past week comes from Michelle Mitchef, and you've seen her name if you've been on Facebook at all. Jerry Siegler. Jerry, yes. Jerry. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Sorry, Jerry, it took me a minute, but yes. I went down in the vault and got it. Yeah. Don't think we don't love you, Jerry. Yeah. Please, it's just us. Yeah. It's not you. <laughs> um, Michelle says, well, sometimes sometimes a little adjustment is needed during the holidays and windy night that keep kept the dogs barking. So instead of 6 a.m. run, going tonight and looking forward to it. Although we did our 14 miles Sunday, I got to stretch, do some weights for 45 minutes on Monday and felt great. I used to hate stretching, but just four weeks of a different approach and consistency has made such a difference in my recovery and running. Not faster run, but definitely these older body parts feel better. And then Angie Hawkins posted a reply to that and she said as my running journey has continued to progress i have noticed that the more i do recover post run uh, the less discomfort i feel from the run itself i have a lot of old and a few newer injuries that i work around and stretching and foam rolling regularly have proven to be the best way for me to keep moving keep up the great work hmm. it's so true are you good at the post run recovery stuff or are you like me? I you just get on to the next I'm, thing. I wouldn't say I'm – yeah, I would say I, I enjoy it. I like – you know how I am. I like I, I like the soreness. Yeah. But I also like doing things like – I don't know if letting it soak in is the right metaphor. But, you know, I, I like the ice baths. I like – Yeah. I mean, you do all that work for whatever that thing is. Say it's a long run. Say it's a 17-mile long run. You're out there for a long time and, and taking a few minutes to – I don't know if it's pampering yourself is the right phrase, but it's it's kind of like you're doing something to let all this soak in. And, and it kind of gives you time to reflect on what you just did, which is good, too. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm pretty good. Now, the stretching part, yeah, not so much. Yeah, that's me. I, I, I'm, I'm all about the recovery socks, the ice baths, the Epsom salt, you know, the walking around, getting my feet up. Yeah. Um, but stretching, I, I could do a lot better with yeah. stretching. Well, I thought it might be a good time to talk about that in particular, stretching. Because, um, you know, your muscles, they go through this range of motions over and over and over again when you're running. And so I thought about this illustration. You know, I have a pool. And several years ago, I don't even remember why, but I decided to drain my pool. Um, just I, that I drained, sounds like something you do. I drained. I'm all, just going to drain my pool. Yeah, I drained all the water out. <laughs> I think I wanted to clean some. I don't know what I wanted to do, but there was a reason for you it. You needed to change the water. Uh, well, <laughs> I don't remember what it was, but I needed to do something. So I, I drained my pool. Well, the the pool liner then the, from the heat from the sun shrunk and it mm. pulled away from the side. And I couldn't get it back in place. And I tried and I tried and I tried. And the problem is, is that the heat shrinks that pool liner and it will. And when that happens, it just won't. It, 
you can't get it to go back in place. Well, I tried. I used a heat gun and all sorts of things, try to stretch it to go back in place. And I just couldn't get it to, to work. Now, the pool liner had been probably 10, 12, 14 years old. So mm. it was an older one. So it wasn't as flexible as it was when it was new. So anyway, this happens. I wind up having to call a professional. They come out. They do a little bit more heating and stuff. They get it back in place. It stays there for a day or two and then pops loose again. And it's just a problem. I wound up having to replace the pool liner. I say all that to say this. Your muscles are a lot like that pool liner. Mm -hmm. If you let your your muscles get shorter, in, in the case of the pool liner, it's the sun shrinking them. In the case of being active, it's the running that shortens your muscles. If you let them stay that way, mm -hmm. you'll never get them back in place, almost. Mm -hmm. And that, that, that's why it's so important. And then you'll tear stretch. something trying. That's right, exactly, yeah. which is what could have happened and what I was afraid if was If you'd have kept happen. tugging, you'd have tore that pool line. Right, exactly. Yeah. And so um, that, I thought that was a good analogy sure. for, for how your muscles work and why it's so important to do. And it's not just stretching. It's the foam rolling that Angie's talking about that you're talking about. Um, the, the Epsom salt baths also have the effect of, of loosening those muscles up. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a, there's a lot of ways to do that, but it's really important to keep your muscles long and, and pulled, pulled out so sure. that you stretch them. Well, and, I mean, and, and even though I'm not as good at it as I should be, you know, we used to always tell the kids, the triathlon team, flexibility is free speed yeah i mean if your range of motion if you're getting an extra you know four inches on every stride without doing any more work because you're flexible that's just free speed that's true sitting right there waiting on you yep. so yeah yeah it's a good point so those recovery things are important so do them trivia question from last time which seems forever ago now <laughs> um was this what is the furthest anyone has ever run without stopping so did you know the answer to that, this one? I mean, I knew Dean had done this, but I would not have thought that this was the furthest. Yeah? Yeah. Well, 350 miles, without basically without stopping. Now, I don't know exactly what the rules were. I don't know. You know, a lot of these record attempts that are for continuous things allow for like five-minute break every hour or something like that. I don't, I don't know what the exact rules were. Um, but I do know this. He didn't sleep right. for 80 hours. And he ran 350 miles. And you know, the crazy thing is the running is the running would be hard, but the hardest part about that is not sleeping. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's, absolutely. it's not the running. It's the no sleep while trying to run is the hard part. I did that relay that time. I actually, we did it twice and it was a, a relay. We had six guys and we did like 300 and something miles. And I've said that today to date. That is the hardest thing I've ever done, and it's not because of the 50-something yep. miles I ran. It was because it was 31 hours with no sleep. Yeah. That yeah. was the hard part. And, and I've done some similar things. I did a 24-hour relay where you run a mile. Basically, every 50 minutes, I'd have to get up and run a mile as hard as I could. Yeah. That was crazy. And he did this two and a half times what I did. Yes. And that was the hardest thing I've ever done. So I can't imagine staying awake for 80 hours. Yeah, I, I can't I, imagine staying awake sitting on a couch for 80 hours, yeah. much less trying to run and do yeah. it. Yeah. I think I've stayed up close to 40 hours is the longest I've ever stayed up. And I mean, you're a zombie. Mm -hmm. 
This is twice that. Yeah. And running. And running. And running. But I've heard some and, stories from when he did. I mean, he had some pretty gnarly hallucinations. And yeah. I mean, you, your mind starts doing all kind of crazy stuff when you're up that long. For sure. So, uh, and he was running hundred over 100 miles a day, which is another crazy thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because to run 100 miles in 24 hours is a big deal. There are a lot of ultra athletes who their whole lives their goal is to run 100 miles in 24 hours and they never do it sure and here he is he does it three times in a row without stopping yeah um just just crazy crazy but dean carnazas you know we've interviewed him he's a, he's a driven guy mm-hmm. um but according to his doctors he has this rare condition where his body clears lactate mm-hmm. faster than maybe anybody on the planet right. and it's just this weird anomaly about how his body works and that's why he's able to do what he does basically he doesn't really get tired and um he's never according to dean he's never had a muscle cramp hmm. that's crazy what the heck yeah <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> that's not fair <laughs> that's not fair yeah. uh so so how far do you think you could run without stopping well i've done 50 and that's enough <laughs> i mean i i'll never say never because usually when i say i'll never do that i'll sign up for the next day or something but um that 50 was pretty rough of course i had some i had a knee issue going on then that yeah. i don't think has ever went away yeah um, but yeah i mean that was just it was it was a long time i mean it was took me almost 12 hours yeah um and it was for a great cause and i'm glad i did it but it was kind of a checklist thing you know yeah. it's, it's checked that box is checked now so uh, who knows maybe one day you, you've got kind of aspirations for doing that don't you i still like to run a hundred miler yeah i don't know why they're just running triple digits i don't know what it is about a hundred miles that i just i just want to that, that's a bucket list thing i have to do sometime so mm-hmm. whether i do that in an official race or just out so what if you did it and you found out you're really good at it you think you would pursue it like kind of like triathlon you know you did it you qualify for the world championships and then you said i'm done will you do that with ultras you think or uh, i i don't know because it doesn't involve swimming <laughs> so uh <laughs> I, I, I might yeah. but i i don't think i'm gonna be good at it quite yeah, honestly now i might be i yeah. might be i may be dead wrong but i don't think i'll be good at that i just what think, makes you think that well you know i ran 50 miles one time that was a that was awful but you did it with zero training and it was like oh, i think i'm gonna run 50 miles today and i ran the first half too fast uh, uh, but, yeah so I, I don't know i don't know that i have the patience mm. to do it properly yeah you know what i mean i don't know that i have the patience to run at slow down nine or ten minute pace yeah. i just don't know that i have the, i don't know if i can do that yeah. i mean i can but sure. I don't know how much it would drive me crazy. So yeah. I don't know if I would enjoy it, I right. guess. But I want to do it. I want to do it and try it. Sure. So maybe one day. Upward Sports equips churches to run self-sustaining sports ministries in their communities. Whether you're a sports fanatic or on staff at a church, Upward Sports will give you all the tools you need to run a first-class sports ministry that allows you to reach families in your community. Upward Sports offers basketball, soccer, flag football, cheerleading, volleyball, baseball, and softball through league and camp offerings. At Upward Sports, we want to help your church make a difference and give you increased opportunities to share the gospel. Learn more today at Upward.org. That's Upward.org.
All right, we're back. And you know, as I was going through those top stories from 2023, it just, you know, it's really cool, all the stories that we do get. Sure. And you know what I've really been amazed at, how God has provided this steady stream. Mm-hmm. We've never had, well, uh, I mean, at the time that we have a bunch of old stories that are kind of in the kitty that we could always dip into, but we we never have... A bunch of stories we always have just enough just enough and and a few extras and uh it's just amazing mm-hmm. and so as we say every week submit your story sure um, you have one somebody needs to hear it you may think it's ordinary somebody else is going to think it's extraordinary because it speaks right directly let to me them. throw a challenge out there right now we've never done this we've never heard this story there's a lot of you listening who have just signed up for possibly your the, for your first run ever, and you signed up for a Couch to Marathon. Yeah. We want to hear from you. That would be awesome. I want to hear what you're thinking today. Before before this program even starts, what was going through your mind? What drove you? What were you thinking? What was your family saying? <laughs> you know, I would love to hear from some of those stories. Yeah. Because how inspiring is that? And then to get to the end of it, and compare those stories. Yeah. That would be pretty cool. So yeah. if you're out there and you're in that category, you've signed up for the Couch to Marathon, and maybe you've never run or you haven't run in years, tell us what you're thinking. And what It you doesn't s- have to be long. It doesn't have to be articulate. It just needs to be your story. You can submit it on the website. Dean and I are pretty good about filling the blanks if, if it's, you know, need some things here and there. Uh, but we would love to hear from a few of you, and we'll we'll get them on the air. Rest assured, we'll get them on the air quick because we need people to hear that. Yeah, you know that because there's so many people out there that are driven by, and we're going to talk about this fear. Yeah, and, and they doubt, and they they won't sign up because they're just feared of fearful of the failure. Well, how did you get past that? Yeah, that would be great to talk about. It would be. Yeah. It would be. And expectations. Sure. What do you, What do you expect to get out of it? Because I think that would be interesting to have those thoughts written down and see what you actually got out yeah, of not it. Not only written down on on a podcast. Yeah. That would be. Yeah. Be. <laughs> so if you're that bold, uh, go ahead and send it in. We'd love to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. And don't forget to sign up for the Bible in a Year stuff this year too. You know, it's early in the year. You you can still kind of get started from the beginning if you uh, if you go ahead and get signed up. And uh, I've heard from a lot of people that really, really, really enjoyed that last yeah. year. And um, so, sign sign up for that. Uh, okay, so you want to hear something crazy? So, Always. And I've already told you about mm-hmm. this, but. I get this email from a Run Club member, and it's got a video attached. And I get some stuff from Run Club members occasionally that's – and sometimes some of it's really long, and I'll watch the first two minutes of it, and I'm like, uh, you know, maybe it's something I've heard before or, you know, well, whatever. Well, this one is an hour and 15 minutes long, which is way longer than most if I can. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't have time for an hour and 15 minutes, but I, I, I click on it just to see. And I start watching it. And I keep watching it, and I keep watching it, and I watched the whole thing. And it was a documentary movie, basically, about something called grounding or earthing. <clears throat> they, they, they use those, those terms interchangeably. And what it is is it's, it's that our bodies, apparently, according to this science that these folks advocate for, our body has an elect- has electrical charges in it, right? We know that. 
because we, our, our heart, that's how our heart works, on electricity. And the contention is that our bodies need to be grounded frequently mm-hmm. in order for our bodies to release these the, the extra charges that we have in our body. And the way that you ground yourself is you get out in your bare feet in the dirt. Mm-hmm. And it's like driving a ground rod into the ground, right? And, um, and being hooked to it. And so that's what grounding is. And so... I, I, I watched it and I thought, this is crazy. But you know me. Mm-hmm. I'll try, try anything. anything. <laughs> and so, hey, Dean, go jump off that building. All right. <laughs> as long as it's not illegal, immoral, or unethical, I'll try it. <laughs> you're leaving dangerous in there. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll that, that, you're that, leaving that, could, that in there. I've done that before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, so I did. I, I've, I've done this, I've, I've done it for a little bit. And the first day I did it, I was amazed because the first day I went outside, I walked around for 15 minutes in my bare feet around my yard. And then I went for a run and then I came home, did it again after I got through. And um, I felt pretty good that day. One run won't tell you much, but um, what did, what was interesting was that night I slept better and deeper than I have slept in a long time. And so I don't know whether it had anything to do with it or not. Could all be coincidence, but um, so I, I, I kept doing it, and and I have I have done it. Um, so recently, I purchased a grounding mat that fits under my desk, so that when I'm working, I can take my shoes off, and this grounding mat is hooked into an electrical ground grounding grounded mm-hmm. pin, and I'm grounding while I'm working. So mm-hmm. I'm trying it right now. Honestly, after doing it for a couple of weeks now, I don't feel much different, but I'm going to keep doing it for a little while and see. So let, let me tell you something that came up uh, two days ago that made me think about this. Because I told you when, when you told me about it, I said, it makes sense to yeah. me. I mean, yeah. from, from, a, from a building standpoint, I mean, you have to ground stuff. Mm-hmm. You have to – electricity, an abundance of electricity has to have somewhere to go. Because an abundance of electricity is dangerous. Well, and, and the interesting thing about electricity, electricity will work without being grounded for a while. Right. Well, that's kind of where I'm going yeah. is I was, uh, you know, in our the house we're building, I'm, I'm building a little shop uh, next to it, and I'm putting in a, a, a dust collection system. I'm, I'm doing it behind the walls because we're just building it so I can do it behind the walls. And so... I was up at a, a place called Woodcraft in Chattanooga. I don't know if you've ever been there. I haven't, but um, but it's a woodworking place, and you know I kind of geek out in those places. So I was in there talking to the guy about this, and I told him I was going to use PVC for the ductwork for this thing, and he said, uh, he said you better make sure you got that grounded. He said that causes a lot of house fires, and I was like, really? And uh, I mean, I, I knew there could be some static electricity, but causing a fire? He, and he said, yeah, you, a lot of these mills and places that's it's the dust collection that causes the fires. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it, started, it got me to thinking about what you were saying and how I, I need to put on these on this ductwork every eight or ten feet, I'm just going to put a screw in to the duct, just screw a screw straight through the PVC, and I'm going to tie a copper wire, and I'm either going to tie it to you know a piece of equipment or something metal you know, where, yeah. it, where it will get grounded. Otherwise, it could cause a fire. Well, 
what is what is this? And I haven't watched this documentary, but it's basically saying it will reduce inflammation. Well, what is inflammation? It's a fire in our body. It's a yeah. hot spot in our body yeah. that that needs to be addressed. And so it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And so I want to. I haven't watched this documentary yet. And like you said in here, we're not advocating for this. We're not saying it's it's legit, but it makes sense. And so I'm always about investigating things that make sense because yeah. it does you know yeah. if, just like you have to ground your house to to reduce problems with the electricity our body is full of electricity you know that's how our brain works is electricity and so to have that grounded it just it makes complete sense and think about how many people deal with inflammation nowadays that i, I don't know this but did they deal with it as much years and years ago when people were outside more especially bare feet you know i've got friends of mine now that still run around bare feet yeah outside so maybe there's something to be said for that maybe so i'm gonna keep doing it for a little while i'm gonna watch the video yeah yeah and we'll go from there but it makes sense to me from the just the electrical standpoint yeah it it does it does and you know me i'm a a 30 days i'm a 30 days guy (laughs) i have to try something for 30 days to determine whether because you know they say it takes 30 days to build a habit Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that 30 days is kind of that so 30 days is is my my goal is to, to do it for 30 days we'll see yeah we'll see all right well how about another story from our good friend Rhonda williams do you have a go-to prayer (laughs) <laughs> that's that's kind of how I hear this story. Rhonda has a go-to prayer. This one's called my loaves and fishes prayer. There are times when I feel inadequate. I feel that what I do for the Lord is just not enough or I didn't do it right and I wonder if I have disappointed him. There are two particular instances that come to mind. One is when I teach my Run for God class. I always pray before class, please, Lord, let it be your voice they hear, not mine. Let your will be done, not mine. Who am I to lead a Bible study or coach runners? What if I say something wrong? What if I give bad advice? The other time was when the Holy Spirit provided an opportunity to share Jesus with a stranger. Later, after we had parted, I began to think, I should have said this. Why didn't I tell him that? Did I say the right thing? It's in those times when I remember the story of the loaves and fishes. Do you remember that story? It's in all four Gospels, and it illustrates not only Christ's power, but also his incredible compassion. That story reminds me that I shouldn't rely on my own abilities or knowledge. It's not about me. It's about him. It's always about him. He can take the little I have to offer and use it in amazing ways. I don't have to be perfect. I just have to be willing and obedient. Please, Lord, take what I have to offer and multiply it like you did with the loaves and fishes. I didn't feel ready to lead a Run for God class, but I stepped out on faith and trusted God anyway. I have had the privilege of watching him transform lives through this program. Every season, he ministers to the damaged people who come into this program. They come in broken, and he puts the pieces back together, stronger and more beautiful than before. I have seen many tears of joy at the finish line at our goal races, and I praise God for it. I may be inadequate, but he is not. He can take my tiny, stinky fish and stale bread and turn them into a delicious feast. Absolutely amazing. That knowledge keeps me going. 
So I continue to pray for that stranger with whom I shared Jesus. I pray that the Holy Spirit is still with him, working on his heart. Please, Lord, take the little I had to offer and grow it like you did with the loaves and fishes. If you can feed 5,000 with one small lunch, surely you can feed this man's soul. I say the loaves and fishes prayer frequently, and it gives me the courage to act when I feel insufficient. I don't let my feelings of inadequacy prevent me from doing what the Lord asks me to do. I trust him. I know he has a plan. I also don't let that knowledge make me lazy. I continue to read and pray so I can learn and grow in order to become more mature in my faith and more effective in my ministry. The apostles in the book of Acts were not anything like the men we meet in the Gospels. Jesus met them where they were, but he sure didn't leave them there. He used the very same men who had deserted him, fearing for their own lives when he was arrested, to boldly take the gospel to the ends of the earth, building his church. We should never think that we are not enough. Read the Bible over and over. You will see stories of how God uses the most imperfect people to accomplish his perfect plan. Whenever you doubt or are afraid, just remember the loaves and fishes. If you are willing, then you are enough. Rhonda never disappoints. No. Great job, Rhonda. Yeah. I love that last sentence. If you are willing, then you are enough. Yeah. Isn't that great? That's really what it all boils down to. Yep, yep. Is our willingness. Yep. Where will we put our faith? But but we tend to we tend to be fearful yeah. of sharing things because, you know, and it doesn't matter whether it's sharing Jesus or we're afraid to train for a marathon. You know, we were just talking about how we get these people. The the question is how do we how do people get over that fear of trying? Um we use all sorts of things in place of that. We say we don't have time or I just can't do that, but m- most often it's just fear. Mm-hmm. It's just somebody's afraid to try to do it. Um, and I wonder how many people um, would love to run a marathon, for example, but are just afraid to start. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't know why JFK's quote is going through my head, but we have nothing to fear but fear itself. Yeah, and that's so true because yep. you know, so many times it's the it's the fear of the fear. Um, mm-hmm. It's not the act so many times it's the fear of something else you know you mentioned you know rejection or disappointment or all those other things when you know a lot of times when we just go i don't i don't don't know why i'm getting distracted right now but i'm looking at the manger scene across the street and there's a dog sitting beside baby jesus (laughs) right now (laughs) it's just a great picture anyway um but yeah i mean it's just we we fear fear yeah and we're paralyzed by it so many times yeah yeah and it's not just uh, – I, I think we're afraid that um, people are going to take what we what we do, what we say, what we share, and they're going to think um, – they're going to look at us as inadequate. But the the thing is, is it's not us, right? I, I always keep this in sure. my mind all the time. It's not me that saves somebody, right? right? It's God, the Holy Spirit. It's It's – it's him working on that person, not me. All I'm trying to do is introduce that person. Mm-hmm. And when you look at it that way, it's a lot it's a lot simpler, sure. right? You know, if you if you're going to if you and I go somewhere and you know somebody that I don't, you introduce me to them. Well, you're done at that point, right? You've introduced <laughs> yeah. me to them. Then if if mine and and his relationship don't work out, mm-hmm. well, then that's on me. 
Uh, <laughs> that's not on but you. But we tend to take that on our we, and that, that's the evil one working. Yeah, uh, is putting that doubt in our mind. You know, Mark Yoho used to say, and and I loved how simply he put it. But he said, "We're simply the mailman. You know, we're delivering the package. Yep. It's if if I say I don't want this package, well, the mailman it don't bother him. Yeah. He doesn't take it personal. But why why do we why do we take it personal when somebody rejects Jesus that we've just shared with? It's that's not a statement of anything about us. Yeah, it's a statement about the person and their fear of accepting Christ." For whatever reason, but it has nothing to do with us. But so many times we take, maybe we've been rejected in the past, and we took that personally, and that's that's causing us not to share going forward. And that's that's like the mailman, you know, getting a return envelope and never delivering the mail again. Yeah, this doesn't make sense. That's true. But I shouldn't simplify it. You know, it's I'm oversimplifying because I understand. I'm not sure. saying that I don't struggle with the same thing because I do, but we shouldn't. That's right. Yeah. Luke 9, 10 through 12 says, When the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what they had done. Then he took them with him, and they withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida. By the, but, the crowds lear, but the crowds learned about it and followed him. He welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God, and he healed those who needed healing. Late in the afternoon, the twelve came to him and said, Send the crowd away so they can go to the surrounding villages and countryside and find food and lodging because we are in a remote place here. Hmm. You know, this makes me think about how we're practical, right? We're trying to be practical. And the, the, the apostles here, I think a lot of people look at this like, they're trying to keep people away from Jesus or they're trying you know they're they're trying to do something that's that's not good or that's wrong or whatever but what they're really trying to do is they're trying to do something good mm-hmm. they're they're looking at these people going these people have to be hungry they really and they need some rest they've been following for so long these people really need to 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 get some food in their belly and they're doing a good thing mm-hmm. it's like us isn't it it's you know a lot of times our focus is on doing a good thing, mm-hmm. and that's not a bad thing to do. Want to do a good thing, right? And these, uh, so that that's what they're doing here. The thing is, is that Jesus is the one who's impractical here, right? Jesus is the one saying, yeah. "No, don't send them away. Feed them. Uh, feed them." And it's like, well, okay, yeah, yeah, right. And so, and that's the way it is for us too. Everything that we do, a lot of times when we want to do something good for God, it's a great thing that we want to do that. But a lot of times he's got another plan and it's one that may seem impractical, right? Well, yeah, I, you know, I've made the comment before. We, we need to do the things that God lays on our heart. And many times it's the things that will utterly fail if he doesn't show up. Mm-hmm. Um because it's in those moments that only he can get the glory. And that is where that is where we see God work the mightiest so often. I mean, just like with this story. If if it were up to those disciples to feed 5,000 people, they'd have had a ride on their hands. And they knew it, and that's what was so scary about it. That That's where the fear come up in it, because you know when they said, all right, everybody, take a seat. <laughs> There's no t- I don't I can't imagine what they were thinking. Yeah. I mean, yes, they have God in flesh standing right there telling them to do it, but it di- it, it didn't matter. I know it didn't. Yeah. They had to be fearful in that moment. 
sure. of what was about to happen. Yeah, yeah, crazy, yeah, crazy stuff. Well, you know, I, I think about it from your standpoint. You know, you would think that if somebody was going to start a running ministry, mm-hmm. um, that it would be somebody who was, you know, a, a good runner. Yeah, somebody who was been to seminary, been doing it for years. You yeah. know, been running, lifetime runner, yeah. and somebody's yeah been to seminary and stuff. That's not what happened, and. That's that the, was my biggest struggle. Yeah. Was who who am I? Yeah. You know, yeah. you start thinking, well, what are the deans of the world going to think when Mitchell Hollis starts teaching a, a running ministry? What, I start thinking about what everybody's going to think instead of what God is asking me to do. And, yeah. I mean, it, it, it come pretty darn close to this ministry never happening for that reason because I struggled with that for a long time. Because he was uh, asking I'm you not, to do something uh, impractical. Yeah, it doesn't make God. This doesn't make sense. But yeah. what I've learned through the years, it's when God doesn't make sense that that's often the times that something big is about to happen. That's right. Yep. And then He lets you be involved in something great right. when that happens. Luke nine thirteen, he replied, "You give them something to eat." <laughs> And this is where that realization takes place, right? And, and we can either say, well, we don't have any food, or we can say, what do we have that we can use? And that's basically what, what Jesus was saying. What do we have? What, can we, what, what do we have, not what don't we have? That's so often the case with us is we're always focused on what we can't do instead of what we can do. Mm-hmm. And uh, if we'll trust God with what we're doing, He'll, he'll take that seemingly impossible thing and make it possible. So think about the crossroads here, and this is the crossroads that we often talk about. You know, they had to be thinking that this is going to utterly fail. Mm-hmm. But God in the flesh is saying to do it, and that's who they claim to put their faith in. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we talk about boldness all the time, and I say that, you know, true boldness is – uh, putting your faith into action when the only thing you have to fall back on is what you claim to put your faith in. What the only thing they have, the, the thing that they claim to put their faith in was standing right next to them. Mm-hmm. Now, how easy would we say, how easy would that be for us if God was standing right next to us? I don't think it would be any easier because we would we would explain it away still. Sure we would. Uh, we, we like to throw rocks at the Israelites sometimes, but we're just like them many times. But that is true boldness. That is that is where God wants us so many times is at that point where these disciples were at where, God, this ain't going to work. I'm terrified. Not that he wants us to be terrified, but he wants us to bring us to the to the end of ourselves. Yep. And here they were at the end. Of, they, there was nothing they could do. Yep. They needed a grocery store. Yep. And they didn't have one. <laughs> well, they didn't think they did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Luke 9, 13 through 17. They answered, we have only five loaves of bread and two fish. Unless we go and buy food for all this crowd, about 5,000 men were there. But he said to his disciples, have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. The disciples did so, and everyone sat down, taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke them. Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. Man, 
the default was unless we go buy something, they're thinking in human terms, right, rather than in in God terms. But they did the God thing when it says, where was it? He said, have them sit. He said, God, Jesus said, have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. And the next sentence says, the disciples did so. Well, I think, I think we're getting somewhere here that we, we need to kind of break down for just a second. At the end of the day, what do we often fear the most? It's usually not safety. It's usually not anything that we think of fear. We, we worry about our integrity. What are people going to think? That's yeah. probably the number one fear. I, I, yeah. I, I'm not giving this much thought, but that's probably the number one th- fear is what are people going to think? Jesus is getting right down to the crux of the matter right here, I feel like, because you notice it didn't say that Jesus told people to sit down. He asked the disciples to tell people to sit down. Well, at that moment, the disciples have a a, a decision to make. This is Now, this is not the crazy guy that's saying he's going to feed everybody. This is me. That's right having to step way out there and put everything, my reputation, my integrity, everything on the line because I'm about to tell everybody to sit down when they're hungry and and wanting to go home to get something to eat. I'm going to say, sit down. We've got dinner covered, knowing that you don't have dinner covered. Yeah. that To me, that really gets – we can really learn something here because I I really feel that our number one fear is is not – Safety, it's not all the things you normally think. It's what are people going to think? And how many times do we let that stop us? Because when we share Christ with somebody, our fear is not, I don't think of the rejection. It's what are they going to think about me? Mm -hmm. And to me, this story right here, just Jesus just pinpoints it. Because he could have stood up and said, all right, everybody sit down. Yep. He was standing right there with him. He said, no. You guys tell everybody. Something. Yeah, that's a good point. That's he made them point. take ownership of it. And what happens when we do that? I mean, I think about uh, Chick Fil A. Mm-hmm. Chick Fil A made a has made a conscious decision that we will we don't open on Sunday, and that's to honor God, mm-hmm. right? And what has Chick Fil A done? I mean, they've. I mean, it's, it's exploded. In my mind, it's the best fast food restaurant there is on the on the planet. It's Jesus Chicken. It's Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I mean, I, I really think that's a, I don't know. I, I, I feel like when we do something, it doesn't make sense because as the world goes, they're the only fast food restaurant I know that's closed on Sundays. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense for them to be closed on Sundays, but they do it anyway. And God honors it. Mm-hmm. And I think he honors us when we step out and we do something based on faith because God is pointing us in that direction. Mm-hmm. And God pointed uh, Mr. Kathy, that direction many years ago, and they haven't wavered from it. Sure. And it's paid off. Question. Imagine how the apostles felt when Jesus told them, you give them something to eat. Have you ever felt that way when God asked you to do something you felt was beyond your ability? <laughs> We've all felt that way. I had a story about it about a year ago. A little, Well, it's just over a year ago. 
I was running a 10 mile race and my goal was to break the state record for the 10 mile distance for my age group. And, um, I knew I was in good enough shape to do it. And for the first four miles I was under pace and I, I, I was fine. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it's like my leg didn't want to behave. And it's like, I got felt this weakness in my leg. Like I was going to fall down or something and it was hilly. So I was going up and down hills and it just, it, it wasn't working good. And God very, very, I mean, I feel like, almost feel like he almost audibly spoke to me and he said, don't worry about the finish line. Worry about the next mile. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, let's get through this mile. And so I got to the next mile and he said, okay, now we're going to worry about the next mile. And we did that from, from five miles to the finish line. It was one mile at a time, get through that mile and then we'll see what we got left for the next one. And man, it worked so great. Mm-hmm. Um, it it kind of laser focused me in on what was going on right this second because I needed to put all my focus and concentration in there to keep that thing going. And it worked. Mm-hmm. And I wound up breaking the state record by 40 seconds. Mm-hmm. And I didn't run quite as fast as I wanted to, but it was still pretty good. Sure. And I just, I feel like God was, I feel like that was one of those times where it was beyond my ability. And God was just saying, it's not... I've given you this ability, but I need you to listen to me, and this is how I need you to apply it, mm-hmm. right? Wow. Another question. Have you ever argued with God? <laughs> uh, Let me say something that most people have probably never heard me say explicit. I did not want to start this ministry. Now, that may come as off as harsher, but it's true. I mean, I— I was not a teacher. I was not in the media business. I had never written anything bookwise in my life. Didn't know anything about it. I wasn't that great of a runner. I've never been to seminary. Didn't know about the Bible as well as I should. So my argument was, God, you've got the wrong person. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> you've obviously got the wrong person. <laughs> Somebody else named Mitchell that's a pro runner who's been to seminary. You know, I, I think about people like Ryan Hall. Man, he would be perfect. He's an ambassador for Christ, and he's an Olympic marathoner. Why not him? Well, it's because God knew that I couldn't take the credit. Mm-hmm. Just like those disciples when he said, tell these people to sit down. That was God telling me, Mitchell, start this running ministry. Mm-hmm. Did not make sense. Mm-hmm. But I stand here today, and it's I'm still not... I've still never been to seminary. I'm still not that great of a runner. I've gotten pretty good at walking. But it's and it, and all of that is because I stand here today and I still can't take credit for any of it. You and I, we've said this on this podcast. We're not smart enough to do this. Right. HR background, builder background. <laughs> well, I mean, I thought he would at least bring somebody along beside me that you know, was a great runner. You check that box, but who was also a great rider. And no, he brought me a guy from HR (laughs) (laughs) and he's got the builder and the HR guy sitting here doing this podcast. And we're about to hit number 200 and we can't take credit for this. Only one source could make that happen. Yeah. I talk about arguing with God. I remember back when, um, God was very clearly telling me I needed to leave my job when I was at a very secure job I'd been in for 25 years. 
and God's telling me to leave that job. And I'm like, God, I'm not that guy. Nope. I'm, I'm not the guy that leaves jobs. I'm not, I'm the responsible guy who does what I'm supposed to do. And, um, you know, I, I don't take chances. Mm-hmm. I'm not a gambler. And so I like to have some fun. I like to be adventurous, but I don't like to gamble. Mm-hmm. And that's what God, I felt like that's what God was telling me. Mm-hmm. And, um, but ultimately, um, I, I thought, okay, okay, God, I, I finally hear you. And mm-hmm. so I started looking and I looked around and I found this job. It was perfect. It was just the perfect job for me, right? And I thought, this is it. Okay, this is what you've been trying to tell me, God. It's this job right here. This is it. Thank you. And I was like, this is done. God's got this. It's all done. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wind up with this job at this other company doing something similar to what I've been doing. And it's, it's perfect for me until it didn't come through. Slam that door shut. Yes. Yeah. And, and then I'm like, well, God, what in the world? Why, why would you why would Because that would make too much sense. Right. That made sense to me. Mm-hmm. What didn't make sense was for me to be unemployed for a, a couple of months. <laughs> right? But that's what God had in store for me. And, of course, you know, I look back, I wouldn't change it because I learned so much from it and – can't be any happier than I am now. So, so let's throw a challenge out there because I, I need to challenge myself to this. I need to hear myself say it. Think about those things that you, if you've been a Christian for any length of time, you know when God's talking to you. Mm. You like to explain it away. You like to <laughs> call it other things, but you know when God's talking to you. Think about those things that doesn't make sense Yeah, that God's calling you to do. Do them. Do them. Do them. No matter how scary it is, no matter how inadequate you feel like you are, we're talking about people that fed 5,000 people with no food or with a fish <laughs> a and food. some bread. Yeah. We're, we're talking about, you're, you're listening to two guys who were builders and HR people, and we're sitting here doing a podcast now. <laughs> Going back to scripture, nothing is impossible with god amen but we argue with that every day we argue with that sentiment every day yes we don't do, do it and yeah. i'm i'm preaching to myself right here absolutely 100 percent. last question do you have a loaves and fishes prayer so i have another name for these prayers and i think you've yeah. heard me say it uh i call these in a dark sanctuary in the middle of the day prayers <laughs> it's it's the time yeah. where it's your it's your wits end and you don't even really feel like you got anywhere to go. So go to the church, sit in the dark sanctuary and talk to God. You'd be amazed at how well you can hear in a dark sanctuary in the middle of the day. Um, so yeah, that, that's what I call them. Yeah? Yeah. I think about John 3.30, you know, where it says, he must increase, but I must decrease. It's John the Baptist talking about, you know, how I've kind of been at the forefront of this thing, but now it's time for me to shrink back because this is the this is the real thing. Mm-hmm. And so I've got to get smaller and he's got to get bigger and we have to magnify him. And I think about that a lot of times because it's I'm, you know, I, I can be pretty cocky about stuff and I can it's real easy for me to let things get centered around me and what I think and what I can do and um so that's a great reminder my old pastor he used to bring this up in sermons all the time you know and and just talk about how the way we have to do we have to decrease 
and he has to increase. Well, it's funny you paint that picture, or, or Scripture paints that picture, because think about what I just said. Yeah. I go into an empty sanctuary in the dark in the middle of the day. Think about how small you feel. Yeah. Sitting in an exactly. empty sanctuary, and you're sitting there looking at a cross that's 12 feet tall. Yep. That's the picture of he must increase and I must decrease. Yep. Never thought about that. Yeah. And it's hard. We just went through a kind of an Advent series in my Sunday school class, and it was, you know, it, it was really focusing on on Jesus, obviously, and the birth and the, the, the circumstances surrounding the birth. And But one of the things that it asked us to do in this series was to um, pray to God for all the things you want. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do it. Mm. I literally couldn't do it. I couldn't bring myself to do that. What am I saying? That's a problem. You're saying, yeah, that's a problem for me, right? It's a it's a serious problem because I think that I need to do. I need to ask for things I think are practical, not Mm -hmm. the things that I just want. If you vocalize the things you want, many times you realize how ridiculous they sound. Well, that too, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I want to whatever, and you're like, gosh. I mean, both my boys just got back from South Africa on a mission trip. And that's one of the takeaways from hearing them talk is those people really have needs that need to be vocalized. But, yeah, maybe if we said our prayers out loud of the things we need, we would hear ourselves say them and we wouldn't say them anymore. That's a good good way to put it, yeah. Mm. Well, bottom line, he must increase and I must decrease. Upward Sports Run for God Run Club is the best way to stay motivated for your fitness journey and your faith journey. You get these weekly podcasts, but there is so much more. We have proven training plans available for you, whether you're just at the beginning of your fitness quest or you've been running for 20 years. We have something for everyone, and it doesn't matter where you are with God either. We have something for you there, too. If you're not a member, join today at runforgod.com. It is the best value you will find. All right, so how about a little bit of pop culture today? Um, Personally, I'm tired of hearing Taylor Swift's name, but... Um, it is undeniable that she is a huge sensation, um, but I'm not sure I could name three Taylor Swift songs. I know I couldn't. <laughs> so, uh, not not a big fan. I'm not nothing positive, negative. I just I just don't listen to to her kind of music. But she did something that is pertinent to what we do, and that is, according to Taylor Swift, for the six months leading up to her last tour, she sang the entire set list while running on a treadmill three hours of music while i feel like i believe that running on a treadmill now i I believe i i I mean i think about it and i think what a great way to get ready for running around on stage and trying to continue to sing while you do that it's i mean it's it's a great idea um 
And, and we don't know. This was a conversation she had with somebody. We don't know whether she meant every day for six months or if she meant, you know, most of the day. We don't know what she meant. Well, the people you hear that's been to her concerts, that's one thing that they're amazed about. Number one, that she's out there for three hours. Yeah. I mean, most musicians, they're, I mean, they have a one hour set and they have opening acts and all that. Taylor Swift don't have all that. She's yeah. out there for three hours running around on stage. So. She she had to do something to pr- prepare for that because she's pretty much performing when she's on tour. It's it's every day. Yeah. So she had to do something to get ready for that. Yeah. Well, it's really impressive. Yeah. That that she that she has done that, um, and it's obvious that she's in great shape, right? So um, if you think about it, you know, again, you'd have to be in in great shape. But Runner's World did this little calculation where they decided well how much running would you do in that in that amount of time and you think about it, three hours and there they, they went through and they analyzed her songs the beats per minute of her songs and how fast they thought she would run and she actually said that during the slower songs she would walk mm-hmm. because she calms down during during the concert and so she actually modulated the running speed to her songs they came up with 16 miles a day so if that's true, Taylor Swift was running over a hundred miles a day, a week, mm-hmm. um, to prepare for her concert. That <laughs> is downright impressive. Yeah, if, if that is all accurate and true, and, and again, this is all speculation, but very interesting. I, I loved it. So with all that in mind, you know, this whole thing with her and Travis Kelsey, the tight end for the Chiefs, is. He's one of the best athletes in the NFL, mm-hmm. period. Who would win in a 5K race? Oh, she would win. No She'd question. crush him, wouldn't she? <laughs> All right. Well, it's a time for Dean's thoughts. That's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. Well, eagles are awesome and majestic. Turns out there are some things we can learn from them. This is called Lessons from the Eagle. There's a reason why the bald eagle is the symbol of a great country. Eagles are the most majestic and powerful of all birds as they soar to heights other birds simply cannot. We print the image of the bald eagle on everything from t-shirts to coffee mugs and we display them proudly. There are some great lessons we can learn from this majestic bird. First, the the fact that they fly so high means that they only fly with others who can fly as high as they can, namely other eagles. If they ever find themselves flying with pigeons, they know they're flying too low. How about you? Do you find yourself flying with pigeons? Don't you think eagles find it easy to be eagles because of their flying companions? If they spent too much time hanging out with the pigeons, they may begin to act like them, but they don't. How about you? Are you hanging around with people who could bring you down through negativity Or are you hanging out with people you'd like to be like? Go find some eagles to fly with, and if you're not quite an eagle yet, emulate them. One of the reasons why eagles can fly so high is that they have excellent vision. They can see their prey from far away, which enables them to spot prey from high in the sky. There's a reason why we call someone eagle eye when they spot something difficult to find. Eagles can focus on a target from far away and then be hyper-focused on it. If we're as focused on our goals as an eagle is, his prey, imagine what we can accomplish. 
Most birds shy away from storms. As the storm approaches, they find a way to take cover and stay safe. Eagles don't do that. They will fly straight into a storm to get to the calm, smooth air on the other side. They are not afraid of the storm. They see the positive that can come from it. As difficult as it is to get our workouts in, do you view them as storms to be avoided? Or do you see the positive nature of what's on the other side? It's the same storm, but it's your choice to see to see it how you like. Finally, eagles don't eat dead meat. We've all seen birds swoop down onto the road and eat roadkill, but you've never seen an eagle eating roadkill, have you? That's because they don't rely on others for their food. They are determined to hunt and take down their prey on their own. As runners and walkers, we can't rely on things falling into place for us all the time. We need to take the initiative to hunt and meet our exercise goals. It is our responsibility and ours alone. Eagles would make good Christians, wouldn't they? <laughs> we know hanging out with other Christians helps us focus on God, His Word, and our prayer lives. That's why church is an important element of our faith journey. It also helps us to remain hyper-focused on what God has for us. The closer we are to God, the better we see opportunities to follow Him where He wants us to go too. James tells us to embrace storms, just like eagles do. He specifically tells us the storms can be good for us. He knows that there is usually smooth air on the backside of that storm. And God doesn't force us to do anything. We have free will to be as close to God as we want to be. The only thing keeping us separated from God is our desire to eat roadkill. The roadkill are the dead things of the world. All we have to do is to choose to use the living word as our nutrition. We all look at eagles as special creatures, putting them on a pedestal a notch above other members of the animal kingdom, and for good reason. But you realize that God looks at us as if we were eagles. We are special to Him. He desires a close personal relationship with Him. So are you going to accept the fact that you're an eagle, or are you going to go back to flying with the pigeons? The choice is yours. It's the first time that's happened. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my computer did something weird there. That's crazy. And I lost my spot. Well, luckily I was following along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's a great story, Dean. Uh, eagles are awesome, aren't they? They are. They the, are. They're, um, yeah. Yeah, you, there's some eagles that where you live right now, there aren't there? are. I've got a, well, one, um, yeah, I see them along. There's a big lake out behind the house that we're renting. And uh, so I'm just the other day, he'll be out there sitting on the edge of the lake. He's not in a tree. He's just sitting on the bank of the lake. And I assume he's just because those fish and everything come right up to the edge, and he'll just pluck one off and take off to wherever he's going. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're they're pretty amazing just to watch. Yeah, how big they are. Yeah. What was interesting about this story is that I heard a sermon, and they're talking about eagles, and the contention, the the what the pastor had said was that an eagle's heart is not big enough for it to fly. In other words, an eagle has to soar because it can't fly because its heart's its heart is not big so enough. So it flies enough to get going, and it has to rely on the air wow. to keep them going. And it's a great picture of God, right? Well, 
I couldn't find anything anywhere that corroborated that. Really? <laughs> so I decided I'm not going to write about that. Uh, and I was, but I was looking at the, the facts on Eagles, and I found this other stuff, and I thought, well, this stuff is just as good. Sure. So <laughs> I thought that was a funny way to, to get to a story. Um, but I mentioned in here, we got to stay away from naysayers. Um, we don't need people that are constantly in our ear telling us we're doing the wrong thing, we're going the wrong way, unless – we are going the wrong way and we're not heading in the direction God has for us. But when we know we're headed in the, in the direction that God wants us to go, we have got to stay away from people who are trying to drag us down. How many times have we heard stories about people who decided they were going to try to run a marathon and the people around them said, you can't do that. There's no way you can do that. Right. Stay away from people who are like that. Mm -hmm. Um, because it's, it's not good for you. Uh, we need to be hanging out with people who are better for us. Sure. Or better. And, you know, I, it made me think about, you were talking earlier about somebody who is not that good of a runner. It could have been, for you to pick up the phone and call me when you did and say, hey, could could you help us out? I mean, that, that was that was what we should be doing, right? Mm-hmm. We should be going and saying, what can I do to find out, to learn from people who are better than me sure. at this thing? Right. And that's the way to do it. And you're, you do that with everything you do. Yeah. And that's, that's a good thing to do. Um, if you have a rough day and you want to give up and that happens to all of us, um, you know, what's that negative person going to do? That mm-hmm. negative person is going to go, yeah, yeah, you, you should probably mm-hmm. give up. Whereas the person that you need to be hanging out with would say, don't give up. Mm-hmm. You can still do this thing. Sure. Right. So we, we need people like that. Um, and then I love this analogy of, of eating live food. <laughs> you know, we have to realize that things aren't going to fall in our laps. Right. And God, yes. Well, can God lead us to the trough and provide the food for us? Yes. And Dean does understand that they are eating dead food. They're just eating the dead food that they just killed. That they just killed, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that sounds I read fun. that and I was like, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but God gives us that initiative, and we need sure. to take the initiative for those things too, right? Um, and then I really the the final the thing about the storms mm. is just that's so man mm-hmm. man that that gives you a great uh, the the book of James just comes sure comes alive, doesn't it? When mm-hmm. you think about embracing the storms and thinking about what eagles do with storms mm-hmm. and why they do it. Um, just, so what does that say about our running life? Go it, run in the rain. Yeah. Go, go do the training, snowing. It doesn't matter. Yep. Go run anyway. Jump in the biggest puddle you can find as soon as you walk out the door. You don't feel like you can get through that 12 mile long run mm-hmm. that you got coming up. Do it anyway. Sure. Go out there and put one foot in front of the other until you get to the finish line. Yep. That's all it takes. At Upward Sports and Run for God, we're all about helping you on your fitness journey. But we also want to support you on your faith journey as well. Sign up today for the self-paced Bible in a Year Challenge and listen every day as I read through the entire Bible in 365 episodes. As a bonus, I also give you running and walking tips of the day and finish with a different encouraging quote in each episode. You must be a Run Club member to participate in this exciting and edifying challenge. Sign up and start listening today. Every week I share a reason why running and or walking is so awesome. 
And this is why this time, it provides you with alone time. You know, we just had this busyness of the holidays and it's great to get together with family and friends and people that we know and it's it's awesome, right? But there comes a time mm-hmm. where you want to be alone. Sure. And running and walking is a great way to do that. Absolutely. Um, it's a real good one-on-one time with God too. Um, so that makes it even even better. So uh, so yeah, it's. I'm not saying we need to stay around. We need to shy away from being around people. Just that every once in a while, it is good to be alone. And running provides you the excuse <laughs> to be alone. Uh, so what do we like to talk about when the new year comes around? Well, I wonder how many people plan to run or walk less than last year. Or if I'm sure if you average it up, you know, everybody's probably got an air idea. They want to either run more or they want to run less than they sure. did last year. I wonder, I wonder what the breakdown is, how, what the percentages are. You would think it's more. Yeah. I don't think maybe most, not. I, yeah, I don't know. But I would think there are those folks who are like, man, I've reached a goal last year. I'm not, and I'm not going to try that this year. So I'm not going right. to run as much. Sure. So it's probably a little bit of both, but I, I, I'd say. You know, it is one of the most popular resolutions is to do more exercise to get into shape. So um, maybe to eat better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to experiment with my diet a little bit till this grounding thing comes up, but I got to give it 30 days before I can try the, the diet. <laughs> Can't thing. do anything so, else. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So, yeah. So you got any predictions for this year? It's 2024. It's an Olympic year. Got the marathon trials coming up in Orlando uh, next month. Well, this month, mm-hmm. right? So, I don't yeah, know. I don't know. No, I, I really don't. Yeah, it should be fun. It should be fun to watch. Do you have any? I've got. Um, well, I may. I may try something. And it, actually, when this comes out, we'll know whether or not I'm doing it. Um, I may try to run ten miles a day for as many days in a row as I can just just for the fun of it and i don't know that would be good for your injury it would be i'm pretty sure you just gotta beat it into submission sometimes <laughs> i don't think that's how that works dean uh but you just keep on thinking it we'll see <laughs> <laughs> and i might not i might not i might change my mind i don't yeah. know i don't know i do like i mentioned before i want to run three thousand miles uh this year and so we'll see if i can get myself healthy enough to accomplish that i don't know um but I read this. This is this comes from Forbes. Um, these are popular New Year's resolutions. Forty-eight percent of people wanted to improve their fitness. Thirty-eight percent of people wanted to improve their finances. Thirty-six percent of people wanted to improve mental health. Thirty-four percent of people wanted to lose weight, and thirty-two percent of people wanted to improve their diet. So in. Run for God checks all those. It checks all of them. Even the financial. One? It checks all of them. Yeah. Man. Why? Because if you're if you're running a lot, you don't have time to go out and spend money. That's right. That's right. So, checks every one of them. Yep. Every one of them. So if I've always said that Run for God was successful with the five k challenge early on because it took the number one and the number I say the number two New Year's resolution because it does it falls into the they they like to call it different things but mental health is your spirituality. Yeah, it it. I want to get closer to God, and and that's what people are saying, whether they know it or not. Yeah, I want to improve my spiritual health. Well, there's only one way to do that. That's right. Get closer to Christ. Mm-hmm. So it improves your physical fitness and your spiritual fitness, and it takes the number one and the number two New Year's resolutions and it combines them. Yeah. yeah. So 
join us. Yeah. Still got time to jump on the Couch to Marathon Challenge with us. That's right. That's right. Well, I'd still love to set up that crazy race where we set up the one and a half mile loop at Grove Level. I like it. And you have to you have to complete that one and a half mile loop every twenty minutes. Does that make sense? So every twenty Was it minutes, every twenty minutes, every twenty said? minutes, you have to complete the mile and a half loop and see how long you can go. What do you think? Set that up in the spring. Come on. I thought we said the mile course every twenty minutes because that would be well, extremely easy to begin with but extremely hard toward the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it would go on for so long. Maybe. I would think. How long do you think you could run a mile in 20 minutes? How many times do you think you could do that? Uh, gosh. Well, I mean, it, it, it really doesn't come down to how much I can run. It comes up to how, how long, long I can, can you stay, stay awake. awake? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So I guess if you go every fifth. If you go mile and a half every twenty, it kind of gets into both. Yes, that, it gets, that's, that's it gets what I was the thinking. legs and the fatigue at the same time. Yeah, the sleepiness at the same time. That's what I was thinking. Perfect storm. Yeah, that sounds kind of cruel, don't it? <laughs> that we think these things up. Yeah, it does, doesn't We're it? We're somehow twisted like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And maybe you make it twenty-five minutes. I don't know, so that somebody who's a little slower can actually do it. I I don't know because if you're running fifteen minutes a mile. Yeah, because you, you, you want to get it to that perfect balance to where the most fit person may or may not win it. Yeah. It could be somebody that's quite a bit less fit but has it together more upstairs between the ears. Well, I know the backyard ultra things they do, those are typically a little over four miles. Mm-hmm. And um, they have to do four miles in an hour. This would have a little over four miles in, in, in an hour. This would have you doing four and a half miles in an hour. Mm. So I felt like, you know, like it's set up sort of like the backyard ultra is a little bit. Mm. That, that's kind of where I, the why. Those I are the things I've never heard of that backyard ultra. Backyard. We, we talked about them on the podcast. Did we? Was it was it somebody else on the podcast when I did that? I don't Must I don't been. remember that term. Yeah. yeah. Backyard ultra where they there's a four mile loop. And let's uh, again. It's it's over four miles. Maybe like we did talk about. It. I don't remember that phrase though. So, I, but I do remember because I think that's where yeah. we started talking about the Grove Level thing. Yeah, yeah. And then every hour, phrase, okay. Every hour you have to be on the starting line. Yeah, yeah. And finish yeah. finish okay. that that lap. Yeah. I don't know. Should be a big year for us though. At Run for God, right? Yep. We're we're busy building a better program, um, and we hope that you're gonna you're gonna be pretty fired up. It's about gonna it. be, it's gonna be awesome. Uh, it there's, is. There's I'm getting to see kind of behind the scenes of what's going on, and there's people way smarter than the two of us that are working on the new system. Thank and, God. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because up until now, if if you had a if we had a problem with the website, it was all us. The person that knows nothing about IT is the guy fixing it. So, um, <laughs> thank you to Les and Brian and, and their whole team uh, for taking this project on. It's going to be incredible. Amen. Be patient Amen. with us. It's going to be bumpy till we get there. Yep. Um, we know that. Yep. But uh, hang in there by this time, say late August. Yep. We'll have some pretty impressive changes coming ahead. Yep, absolutely. Well, let me leave you with a trivia question for next week. It is this. What is the northernmost race in the world? The northernmost race in the world. Do you know that one? No. I think we've talked about it on here. We might have. I don't know. I'm pretty sure we have. All right. 
That's a hint. Yeah. Or maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> I didn't remember backyard. What'd you call it? Backyard. Backyard orchards. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll leave you with this motivational thought of the week. Do you give as much energy to your dreams as you do to your fears? Wow. That's deep. Yes, it is. We need to feed our dreams and our goals more than we need to feed our fears. If you're doing that, you're probably going to be a lot more successful at reaching those goals. Mm -hmm. But if you're feeding your fears constantly, not good. It's like worry, right? You can't feed worry all the time either because if you do that, it's just going to get worse. So cut it out. This year, be less fearful. Yep. That could be a good theme for the year. Less fearful. Hey, before we get out of here, I want to I want to I want to challenge everybody to something that we we don't do much. We always have it on our, our notes here, but we never do it. If you like this podcast, share it with somebody. Go go on there and give us a review. Give us a five star review. Mama always said, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. <laughs> so give us a five star review. Share it. Um, I, you know, I, I listen to the the Dave Ramsey organization mm-hmm. i listen to their podcast and over the past few months they've really been he's been saying that he's made a conscious decision to say that after every podcast they had a huge milestone this past week just from simply doing that he said we did not increase mark well they don't even do a marketing budget but he said from that simple thing on apple Podcasts, they were the number one podcast in the world now wow out of all categories wow Okay, and that just and he attributes it because he simply asked people to do it. So yeah. I'm coming on here to ask you to do it. If you enjoy this podcast, share it, give us a review. It helps with those algorithms and things that shows up, pops up in people's feed. Um, so that would, you know, we do this podcast for free. So this uh, this would be your way of helping us out a little bit because it really does make a difference. Amen. Amen. And until next week, may God bless every step of every run and or walk. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.